I am not Drake. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to Locked On Baylor, brought to you by Jace Medical. Thank you for making it your first listen every day. I am Cam Stewart. This is the maiden voyage of the new Locked On Baylor. I'm sorry it took so long, y'all. I'm in a hotel. I am so ready to get back to y'all. I couldn't even wait to get back home to my awesome setup that I have in the house. I'm going to be here for about a week and a half in this hotel. Sorry about that. But we're back. We are so back. Baylor is so back. We have a great football team. Big game this weekend. Is something I'll probably be saying next year, hopefully. But for now, Bears are 0-2. They're welcoming in the... Long Island Sharks to McLean Stadium this Saturday morning. I know. Catch the spirit. Catch the feeling. What the heck has happened to this football program? Was it ever that great to begin with? Kind of it was, yeah. Kind of. Two years ago, pretty great. Pretty fun. Big 12 champs, Sugar Bowl, top five ranking. It was cool. Trust me. I mean, there are going to be kids coming in next year to Baylor that aren't even going to believe that happened. These kids have short attention spans, I promise. I tell you, it did happen. It was sick. It's a far cry. It's a far cry. And I've been seeing a lot this week on Twitter, X, Baylor X, about who is to blame for this. And not necessarily that, but kind of my question is, where is the disconnect? Where is it? Yeah, the guys of 2021 were Matt Rule's guys. Absolutely. But Dave Aranda and this coaching staff, for the most part, this coaching staff, took them to the next level. They made them winners, which they weren't under Matt Rule. They got close, but they weren't. And so clearly this coaching staff is capable, is what I'm trying to say. I think at some point or another, we all believed if we don't already, or if we don't still believe in Dave Aranda, there's a belief there. And he's clearly a masterful football coach on some levels. Like I'm just waiting for that, that game plan that he had against Oklahoma two years ago, Ole Miss, even with Corral in the game, uh, Oklahoma state, both those games, he, he gave them fits, man. He is a genius. But what is going wrong? Something. There is a disconnect here. He has hired and fired and hired uh, an offensive coordinator. He has fired and hired a defensive coordinator. He fired a special teams coordinator, brought in another one. And yet none of those facets of the game have truly been solved for Baylor. Week one, it was the defense. Week two, it was the offense and a little bit of closing out the game defensively. So where is the disconnect? We know there are good players on this team. We know there are good coaches. We know that because they had success at Baylor. Up until last November, truly. Because, I mean, we, we, we flash it back to that win against Oklahoma last year. The last win Baylor football had, November 5th or 6th, whatever it was. And I was writing on the way home about how they're in, they were in the hunt for the Big 12 championship. They, 
to make the championship game. They controlled their own destiny. They needed to win their next three games. They were against three really tough opponents. I'll be fair to them, Kansas State, TCU, and UT. But it was there for the taking. And it didn't just fail. It failed miserably. They just fell flat on their face. They got absolutely hammered by Kansas State, totally blew it against TCU, and then mailed it in for most of the game against UT. And since then, it has been more of the same. I mailed it in against Air Force. Uh, didn't look like any kind of college football team against Texas State and completely blew it against Utah. And it's like, where do we go from here? This was the team that was, you know, I, I don't think anyone had huge expectations for this team. It wasn't like last year when they were ranked in the top 10, but you see eight home games on the schedule and you say, sure, man, that is a potential eight or nine win team right there. Um, no OU on the schedule, no Oklahoma State on the schedule, no BYU on the schedule. There's an opportunity there. Now it's like, forget six games. I don't know where six wins are coming from. This is this is not a bold team. Uh, if you ask me, um, I'm wondering if they're going to get to three or four wins this year, the way they're playing. And I said it in the postmortem last week. It's not like you just see the defense on this team or just the quarterback or, or just the receivers. And you say just the offensive line. And you just say with this, there's no improvement. I, I don't know how they're ever going to get back. It's not even that in a way it's worse because it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. I talked about it in their six-game losing streak. They've done it every which way. I just laid it out again. Big leads blown, uh, late leads blown, comebacks falling short, all of these things. Getting blown out, getting smacked in the mouth by a group of five team that you paid to come there. All of those things just show me that they will do anything to lose a football game, like anything. And I, I feel for these kids to an extent, you know, it's, it's on them and the coaches to, to win these games, but they just can't get it done right now. And the confidence has to be just through the floor right now because they can't get it done. And so that's what worries me the most about thinking about this as a, as a potential bowl team. That's why I can't do it. I can't picture it because – it almost doesn't matter how they play these last six games. They will lose. They played really well against TCU on both sides of the ball. They lost. Blake Shapin had his best game in almost a year against Texas State. They lost. They didn't play all that well, but played a bad quarterback in Utah and had the lead almost the whole game. And guess what? They still lost. They just find ways to lose. And that game Saturday, <laughs> when Baylor got the ball after the game had been tied, there was probably like 2.40 left on the clock. I had tweeted that this was Sawyer Robertson's Heisman campaign time, but really what I actually said in real life was, Utah's going to get the ball back. They're going to get the ball back. How many confident teams do you even think that about? And they did. They got like a minute and a half left. They score. They win the game. That's what concerns me the most about this Baylor team. I don't think they know how to win anymore. I don't think it's in their DNA anymore. 
you know, the 2021 team was so senior laden and the guys who stuck around for 2022 looks like they checked out about the middle of the year. Who are the leaders that, that know how to win? I, I almost feel like it's not even their fault, but they, they just have not tasted it in so long that I worry about even an LIU team coming in here. I didn't, didn't know they had a football team, to be honest. The second year in a row, Baylor scheduled a team from New York that I didn't know had a football team, and I'm from the Northeast. No idea. So, is Baylor sinking is the question of the segment. Yeah. 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 They are big time. On the field, on the recruiting trail, in the stands, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, this is not the look of a, of a program that we all thought, and not unreasonably so, was going to be a big player in the new Big 12. With the big guns leaving, everyone on a more even playing field, I, for one, really thought Baylor was going to be the class of this new Big 12. And that's not, you know, six straight championships like Oklahoma, but a team that was going to be in it every year, every year. And look, I mean, at Baylor, you win two of those a decade. That's a great run. I mean, we'll take that. We will take that. It's bleak right now. It's bleak on all fronts. And it's especially bleak in the stands. We're going to get to that in just a minute. And trust me, it's this is not me trying to just complain. Uh, I really want to find kind of a solution to this. And I know one of the problems is that people don't want to go out in the sweltering heat. I get it. It's September. And look, you should never go unprepared, okay? You need to go prepared with a game plan when you're going to a game and it's 100 degrees outside. And that is why you need to go with Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And I'm telling you, when you're out there and it's 100 degrees, that's unexpected for your body. Trust me. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Jace case isn't just a cool name. It also provides five, five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in this kind of emergency. You will have it because you have the Jace case. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication in hand. And it is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So it's not just a one-time thing, y'all. So don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E, rhymes with case, jacemedical.com, promo code locked on. Diving back in, we are ready for week three, and the Baylor fans are just ready for a win here, truly. I mean, we're all ready for a win. And we're going to have a more, our full breakdown for you tomorrow on tomorrow's show of what LIU is looking like, what Baylor is looking like going into this game. And you can also find that on our college football live show that's hosted by our old friend Drake Toll. Catch that every Friday live on the Locked On Network. But looking at this game and LIU, I said it after the loss to Utah last week. I said there's going to be scores, scores of people in the stands at McLean Stadium this weekend. 
And as is such a curse in my lifetime, I'm probably right. It's sad, but I'm probably right. Baylor's never going to have the 100,000-seater stadium. It's never going to be the first thing you think of as just a casual college football fan. It's not going to be the game day atmosphere you first think of. There are some cool things that go with it. Sailgating, McLean is beautiful. Uh, The Baylor line, underrated tradition, of course, as we all know. But they can't punch the place out. And it's sad to watch. And I get the the argument. I know it's coming. Why would you come and support an 0-2 team? Because this isn't like the Cleveland Browns. This isn't the Arizona Cardinals. This isn't even your high school team. This is your alma mater. This is your school. To think that students are saying that is just, it's insane to me. It's insane. Things I tell when high school kids come up to me, they see me in the airport, they're wearing, I'm wearing my Baylor stuff, and they're asking what, it, what it's like because they're looking at Baylor. I'm like, it's awesome. It's a, it's a tight-knit community. Everyone's supportive, and everyone loves Baylor. The sporting events, even if you don't like them, they're great social events. Go out. It's so much fun. That's not the mentality anymore. It's not. And I'm someone who started – I started at Baylor in 2015. So we were still in the Bryles, our last year of Bryles. And it was a show, right? We had no problem selling out McLean back then, and I get that. But I had some mid-years in there too. 2016 was as mid as it gets. Uh, 17 was awful, and 18 was pretty mid too, both 6 and 6 and 16 and 18. Never in my time at Baylor was I questioning why no one was going because the student section was packed out. And I know student section did pretty well the first two games, and the alumni showed out too. It was a fun place to be. There was no second thought of what we were going to do on a Saturday afternoon home game day. It was go to McLean and watch Baylor, no matter how bad or how mid, how good they were. And I tell that to some people who go now and they say, well, what what happened? What changed? And honestly, I don't know. I don't know. And that's the problem with this for me is I don't like to, believe it or not, I don't like to be the guy that just – complains 24-7 without offering any solutions. I don't think that's that's really worth anything. But I'll admit, I, I don't know where the big drop-off is in terms of how to fix it. And the things that I've seen that's changed the atmosphere, we all know it. I mean, it's the TFNB, your bank for life, hero of the game, and the Baylor legend of the game. The, all those things are great. Do them at halftime. Do them at halftime, please, please. Not when we finally, you know, we get a pick in the second quarter and we have a chance to step on the other team's throat and the place is going up for grabs during the pick and all of a sudden we have to hear, you know, here's someone who's doing great work in the community. That's fantastic and all, but let's get hyped up. Why have a DJ in the building if that's what you're going to do during the timeouts? And why have a DJ in the building if he's going to play the same time as the band? That was something that did not happen back when I was in school in the student section. We didn't have a DJ, but we also didn't have that disconnect. It's all those things, man. Baylor loves a good barcode. Every commercial break, scan the barcode to see this. Who cares, man? Who cares? And I got to tell you, the Baylor line is one of the best traditions in college football. Arguably the cringiest 
tradition, what they're trying to make a tradition in college football is this forced stadium yell before kickoff. It's terrible. It's terrible. They're bringing back some Baylor legend that people don't know because uh, they're from the 80s and these kids are, you know, 18, 19 years old. And, okay, here we go, Baylor. Baylor. Bears. And 3,000 people are doing it. It sounds awful. It's so cringy. I can't imagine what opposing fans and opposing teams are thinking when they hear this. First off, the stadium chant isn't even something that's unique to Baylor. Like other teams do two-word chants, and all you're saying is Baylor Bears. I mean, go a couple hours up north. You think they have two-word chants in Norman, Oklahoma? That's not that creative? Yeah, they do, and we make fun of them. But we're doing the same thing, and we're forcing it down your throat with some 50-year-old guy who has the best intentions, man. I'm glad that they come back and they support Baylor. But it sounds so terrible. It gets nobody fired up. It fires you down, actually, like truly. Like you're hyped up for the line and and the team's coming out, and all of a sudden you just get this. Baylor! Bears! Baylor! Bears! All right, let's go hit somebody. It's it's you can't force traditions. You can't, and that for some reason is what Baylor is doing with that. So how do we make this more fun? That's the name of the segment. How is it more fun? I don't have the best answers, but a start would be getting rid of those things. Do the special recognitions and the barcodes and all that crap. Do that at halftime. Don't do the stadium chant. Don't do the the green and gold stadium chant, which they tried on Saturday. For those of you who were at the game, it was a weird experience. And I have to give Baylor some sort of credit here because they were trying something else. They don't really listen to the fans, but they did try something else. It was flat and totally flopped. It was the green and gold, basically the same thing as the stadium chant with my good friend Derek Smith, the PA announcer, doing it that's that's not his job is to start those chants it's not so i feel for him at least they tried something at least they tried something i think one of the great recommendations that i shared on twitter last week i'm forgetting the man's name kevin lofgren um had last week was it's something so simple we need a walkout song think of the great traditions in college football the only ones that are somewhat new are these great walkout songs Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech, you know, Sandstorm at South Carolina. Uh, This isn't a walkout song, but uh, when they sing Tom Petty at the University of Florida. Those are awesome. (laughs) Those are awesome. um, um, Power down at A&M. They do that. It's it's great. I think it's actually one of the best parts about uh, overrated Kyle Field is having that. So why is it this hard? Why isn't there just something – that we come out to every game, you know, I I don't know, lose yourself. Everyone knows that. That's just off the top of my head. Everyone knows it. I don't think anyone uses it. Something like that. Just get this place hyped up. Because the air sucked out of it from the very beginning. And the football team doesn't do much to get it back. 2021 was a great football team. The atmospheres weren't that great either. I think 2019 was the last time we had a good atmosphere consistently at our games. And, I, I don't know all the answers for this, but I think listening to the fans is going to be a start, which I don't think Baylor is really 
happy to do in this case. I don't think they are because they haven't. Um, and look, if it's a fan suggestion that they want to get behind and it sucks, that's fine. We move on to the next one. But listening to fans in terms of things like this is never going to be the wrong answer. I want McLean to be fun again. And when I go to McLean, when I'm not up in the press box, I am looking for uh, game time seats because it's the best place to get uh, your game time deal. That's last minute tickets. If you got friends coming into town and you want them to get to McLean and make that atmosphere better, but it's the last minute, game time is the place to do it. I do it all the time. I'm doing it for the, when the Red Sox come to Arlington. Uh, I'm going to do it for when the Patriots play in Dallas, play the Cowboys. I will be there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to download the game time app. I'm going to create an account and I'm going to use the code locked on college for $20 off my first purchase. So again, terms apply for that, but create an account, redeem the code locked on college for $20 off. I'm giving you money, me locked on game time. We are giving you money. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee cannot go wrong at game time. So not a ton of positives for the first two weeks for Baylor. And I think one of the big disappointments has actually been the run game. And I understand why Baylor's not been ahead in many of these games. So, it, well, they did lead for a lot of Utah, but they didn't lead practically at all against Texas State. And so this two-headed monster, but hey, we have two RB1s in Richard Reese and Dominic Richardson. Haven't really seen it. Neither of them have gone over 100 yards yet. That said, I think there's been a clear RB1 through two weeks. He has not dominated, but Dominic Richardson has looked good. And when this offensive line is blocking well, which they did at times against Utah State, overall a lot better than they were against Texas State, but only at times did they run block well, uh, Dom Richardson can hit that hole and he can get out in space and he's tough to bring down. It's just, I mean, which is exactly what we expected from him. I mean, this guy averaged five yards a carry. At Oklahoma State, that's about what he's averaging right now. Again, hasn't gone over 100 yards yet, so that's concerning, and there's more pieces to that. But I think Dom Richardson is the thunder to maybe Richard Reese being lightning. And if Baylor's going to have any hope of getting near a bowl game, they're going to need to get those guys going early in the football game and control the tempo. I mean, that's what they did have early in last season when they were 6-3. and three. Um, it certainly happened against Oklahoma. Um, it happened, well, I was going to say it happened against West Virginia um, until it didn't. Um, it happened against Iowa State. They really set the tone there. Um, but no drive this year have they looked like a running team. Have no, at no point have they looked like a we have a two-headed monster at running back kind of team. And even when they were struggling last year, they had those. You know, they'd have those scripted drives where they would just run the ball right down your throat. It happened like five times against Tech, happened against BYU in a loss, happened against UT in a loss, happened against Iowa State. Haven't had that yet. And that's just not going to play into this offense under Jeff Grimes if you don't have that running attack. I think there's a lot of promise for Sawyer Robertson. I really do. But I've said it time and time again, and it's clear that he's still pretty far off. This is a brand new system to him than he's been playing other than the one he's been playing his whole life, his whole life. I'm, I'm telling you, he played in the Mike Lee system in high school under Seth Parr. 
this is so much different. And the personnel is so much different. The scheme is so much different. The things the quarterback has to read is so much different. You don't just learn that even in one spring camp. And he's still young. He's a redshirt freshman. He's 20 years old. And he's going against the grain of everything he's ever learned. So I think there's promise there in the future. It's a long way of me saying there's promise for the future. But right now, you are not a drop back and pass at 45, 50 times a game kind of team. You're not. And so it has gotten pessimistic in that as soon as they fall behind, you know, 10, 14 points, you're saying, I don't know if this team's built to come back from this. It was the same way to, at the tail end of last year. When they're down a, a, two scores, you're like, I don't care how much time's left. I don't know if they have the time to do it because they need to be a team that runs the ball down your throat. And right now they are so far from that. That said, Dom Richardson, if this line can figure it out, he is the key to Baylor's offense, especially the next couple of weeks with Blake shaping out. I know we didn't barely talk quarterback today. Because it's, it's significant because everything else has been bad enough. Anyway, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for making Locked on Baylor your first listen today and every day. It is so good to be back, y'all. It is so good to be back. We will see you coming up tomorrow. We're previewing Bears Long Island right here on Locked on Baylor.